0: Amen. All right. Got it. Okay. Good morning, church. Today's uh, message is a simple one. It's on prayer. And if you have your Bibles with you, go to Colossians chapter 4. It's going to be a one-verse message. Uh, The purpose of this message, before we get into it, is to spur us on toward God In prayer, Colossians 4 2, according to the uh, New American Standard Version, says, Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. And then the second thing it says is staying, this is a continuous thing, staying alert in it. And then it finishes by saying, regarding those prayers and the devotion to prayer and staying alert in it with an attitude. And that attitude is of thanksgiving. So three things we're gonna focus on regarding prayer. Being devoted in prayer, being watchful in prayer, and being grateful in prayer. Let's start with devoting ourselves to prayer. Paul says in, in the beginning of this verse, Devote yourselves to prayer. Now, what does being devoted to prayer imply? We'll look at a couple of other translations. ESV says, continue, continue in prayer steadfastly. I was wondering what steadfastly meant regarding, you know, with prayer. That means be consistent in prayer. Keep working things out with God in prayer. These are all kind of healthy, dynamic, relational things with God in our walk. What kind of walk will I have with my wife if I never acknowledge her or never talk to her uh, or never get into things when it's time to get into things and work them out? This dynamic relationship with God, God is calling us, wanting us, longing for us to come into an abiding fellowship in prayer. That's where you fellowship with God. That's how you find direction from God or even correction. Am I thinking right, God? And he sometimes says, well, let me share my own thoughts. And as soon as he's done clarifying his thoughts, you change your mind. That's called repentance. And it's like, well, I wasn't thinking like that before. But when I got the mind of Christ on this, I I shed the way I was thinking. And I've come into agreeing with God in prayer and going forward according to how he sees things. Being devoted to prayer is not only continuing in prayer steadfastly. The Amplified, you know, multiple translations mixed into the Amplified. The Amplified version says, be earnest and unwearied. Don't get tired of it or sick of it or quit. Unwearied, steadfast in your prayer life. In other words, be devoted to God in prayer. The Greek word for being devoted Taking it a little further to the original language here is pros carterite. Pros means toward, and carterite is a, is a labor type of word. It's an effort type of word. It involves time and attention and, and energy. Uh, prayer, just like communicating with each other, and sometimes communication can take a whole lot of effort just to even understand each other, Prayer involves work. And God is worthy of the time. God is worthy of the effort. He's worthy of our attention. And he's worthy of our invested energy in this relationship we have with him in this call to prayer. So there might be other reasons we don't pray. Maybe doubt. Maybe we don't think he's paying attention to us or cares. All those are lies. God cares for us the bible says in first peter five it says cast all your anxieties these are the kind of things that divide up your mind and your emotions in life and he's saying you know bring that all to me and throw it on me because i am more mindful of those things than you are and i have some things that'll be for your good and we'll start with peace i will give you peace over your mind and your heart So don't invest in anxiety, don't get all divided up and overwhelmed, come to me and bring it to me and let me care for you because I've been thinking about you and all you need to do is look up with these things, even if you don't have the words, just look up and say I'm signing it all over to you, all the anxieties, give me that peace, speak to me Lord, I can't think properly, I don't know what to do and he does, he helps you sort out complicated things in straightforward ways. When you don't lean on your own understanding, but you trust him with all your heart, he helps us. This is a devotion to God on the path or on the journey, big things, little things. The Bible says pray about everything. This is God's will for you. And so a devotion to prayer is kind of getting accustomed to believing and walking in a a relationship where you're involving God, submitting your thoughts even to God, to the obedience of Christ. Am I thinking right? Uh, uh, do these thoughts line up with you? This whole idea of submitting every thought captive to Jesus Christ really is, in other words, you know, the obedience means to stand under what you'll hear him say. So, Lord, here's what I got. Here's my thoughts. Here's w- what I think I should do. Is this it? Is this what you think? Is this what I should do? And he helps you sort things out. Sometimes you're on to something and he helps you sharpen it. And sometimes it's totally off. And he helps you realign into what is best for you going forward in relationship with him. Be devoted to prayer. Again, I'll go back to that laboring word. But before I do, when when I hear Colossians 4.2, it's not like I'm committed to prayer. I'm committed to God in prayer. The devotion is to him. It's not to prayer. Uh, I'll come to prayer, but not to you, God. It's coming to God in prayer. The the, the calling is from him, like through prayer, through this communication between each other. You're coming to me. And, And sometimes we come to God with lists of things. Sometimes we just need to come as we are with no lists, nothing like that, and say, I've come for you. Pray to God for God. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. There's something amazing and rewarding in that. Jesus even says, separate yourself from all. The things that distract, you know, he's criticizing the play acting, religious prayer people of the day saying they do it all to get attention from people. It's like they're on a phone call and they're talking, but they're not really talking to the one on the phone. They're talking so that everybody can see how spiritual they are in their prayers. And it's like, that's not it. Go close yourself into a closet. No one's going to come with you there. Close yourself away from the people into that closed place. Who would ever go into a closet? Uh, If they didn't believe God was going to meet them. If I believe God is going to meet me, I'll go into a real tight, confined place away from everybody. But if I don't believe he's there, I won't be going into that closed away place. And Jesus encourages us. He says, do it. Matthew 6, 6. Close yourself away from all that to God. And he'll notice that. He he longs for it. He'll he'll join you there and it will be rewarding for you as you press into discovering how much there is in talking with God in prayer and waiting on God to learn how to listen, putting spiritual ADD or hyperactivity aside. I just wanna say all these prayers and see you later. Amen. We need to actually learn how to be still sometimes and know that he's God and that he actually is present. And be surprised by him as he settles us and he begins to communicate with us in unique ways. There's so many ways that God can speak to you, to your mind, to your heart, to your life. And we need to give that a chance before Satan says there's nothing in it. Don't even bother. Prayer is a waste of time. You're going to spend your energy and your time on an investment that's a zero. He's always lying because he doesn't want us to be communicating or be in tune or in touch with God. This is how he advances against us. So a guy named Epaphras in, in this Colossian church, he was just part of the church, a regular guy. But Paul affirmed them because in you know Colossians 4.12, it says, Epaphras, who's one of you, did not cease Struggling on your behalf in prayers. There is labor in it. There is struggle in it. There is constantly asking and seeking and knocking and come on, God, they need a breakthrough for them. He's praying to God for the church. And that's the will of God, too. And there he is, Paul is affirming him saying, This guy's in continual prayer for you guys. And he's elevating that as an example of what we're all called to do in our fellowship with God in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. It's a famous verse. Other versions say, pray without ceasing. And you're thinking, am I supposed to just keep praying, praying, praying? We think sometimes praying is talking. Praying is looking to God. Praying is maybe asking something, seeking something, knocking. And I'll tell you, the biggest part of prayer is waiting, waiting to hear. Sometimes we talk so much we don't hear anything. Sometimes it's stop talking, you've done your part, now wait on God and don't walk away. Or wait on God as you go for an answer because the answer might not come right away. Wait on God when you don't feel like he's doing something or you don't see something yet. He is working, he is doing something, he's, he's doing something amazing. He is answering your questions. Some of his answers are no. The things we hope would be yes because he might have a different idea or a different plan. For us in what we're asking about we need to be open to a two-sided prayer where we talk with god and then god talks with us and ultimately he should be the one in the end that gets the last word and gets the lead in this covenant relationship and walk we have with him be devoted to prayer in matthew six thirty-three, jesus prioritized seeking god's government over our lives and what god thinks is right seek First, his kingdom, Basilia, which is a governing over us, and his righteousness. Like, what is the right way forward, Lord? Ask that question. He delights to show us what he thinks is the right way forward. Another Greek word for being devoted here to prayer is emenete, meno abide we've heard of that word again over the years in different contexts especially john 15 where jesus says abide in my abide in me and abide in my words and abide in my love abide meno primarily means live in live in prayer it's kind of like uh your clothes you're wearing your clothes you live in them you wouldn't dare to go out in public with that don't dare to do life without God in prayer, live in prayer, I can talk to people all day long, but sometimes when I hear pray continually, talk with God all day long it 's like eh, that 's not possible. How on earth is it possible to talk with people and it 's not possible to be talking with God and learning how to listen really well as well it 's possible to be praying about everything, to be bringing the big split stuff and the small stuff to God, to talking and sharing how you feel, and then asking him how he th- thinks and feels as well it 's all possible but we're not used to it and sometimes like i said doubt chokes out the possibility of this circular kind of prayer between us and god amenity what did the early church let's not look at individuals now but let's look at corporate what did the early church look like how did how did being devoted to prayer look like in in their As a church. In the early church. Acts one fourteen. This is the amplified version. Says all of these. All of these people in the church. The new believers. All of these with their minds. In full agreement. Devoted themselves. There's that devotion word. Devoted themselves. Steadfastly. To prayer. The NIV says they joined together. Constantly. In prayer. So it's one thing for me to pray with my wife. Or my kids. Or even my church house. But these. They they had their times in their houses. But they also had their times in the bigger temple gatherings. They even had a time for it. As we look at the book of Acts. Peter was heading to a certain time. Where they all prayed together. And he actually ran into that lame man. That he said in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. But they had a time for corporate prayer. Because it matters to God. In Isaiah 43. After God said, I'm doing a new thing, it springs up before you. Forget what's happened in the past and pay attention. I'm doing something brand new. you got to understand this. You don't want to miss this. You want to ride this new wave that I'm I'm on. I'm I'm trying to get you to see this. And then he complains in the end, but you have not wearied yourselves, oh Israel. He's talking to an entire nation for me. You haven't sought me out. You haven't been paying attention with the kind of attention that is required. Now, I'm not talking about us. I believe we're a healthy praying church. We've been praying for years and years and years. I'm just encouraging both the go to your closet and pray and believe God is there and he's going to reward you. And I'm also encouraging the corporate prayer where we're finding God together. And others are coming in. Unbelievers are coming in, finding us, finding God. And man, will they ever benefit if we are supernaturally getting in touch with God and hearing corporately and we have guests coming in and they're saying like, surely God is here. Like First Corinthians uh, chapter 14, people are together and they're prophesying and the unbeliever comes in and it's like a sign to them that God is certainly present because he spoke to me. These are beautiful things on an individual and a corporate level where we're invited into interacting with God in prayer. One last word about the devotion part. Isaiah thirty, verses eighteen says. Now, now, before I read this, I gotta say God longs for us to come to Him in prayer. He longs for it. If you don't believe that, I, I, I'm trying to give you reassurance from the scriptures. I'm trying to give you reassurance from Jesus, who says, "Like your Father." <laughs> Has so much good and favor towards you as you come asking and seeking and knocking. Keep doing it. He hears you. You don't need some sort of religious guru to actually represent you in prayer. You can come no matter who you are, seeking and asking and knocking. Believe it, Jesus said, you will find you will receive. The door will be opened. It's not like it's like, go away. It's midnight. I'm in my pajamas like that friend that Jesus was talking about, and that wasn't even part of their culture. That Everybody said, no way. That would never happen. In a culture of hospitality, he'd give him the bread he's asking for so that he can entertain his guests. How much more God, when we come to him in prayer, will embrace us and welcome us and delight in us? He doesn't sleep. He's longing and waiting for us. Here's what it says in Isaiah 30, verse 18. And therefore, the Lord earnestly waits. I thought I was waiting on the Lord in prayer. He waits, expecting, looking, and longing to be gracious to you. This is the Amplified. To be gracious to you. He's come to me so that I can be gracious to you. I've been waiting for you to come. And therefore... He lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you, for the Lord is a God of justice. You want justice? Come to him. Help him, you know, allow him to help you figure out what's just. Then he flips it to our side of the prayer. That was his side. He's longingly waiting. And then it says, Blessed are those. How fortunate are those who earnestly wait for him. Who expect and look for and long for him. For his victory, for his favor, for his love, for his peace and his joy, for his matchless, unbroken companionship. How blessed are those who long to have fellowship with God. Lord, I've spoken. I'll wait now for your answer. Whether it's coming in this room right this moment. Or coming along the way because it's a much bigger answer than just the kind of answer that can be given in the room. Longing to interact with them. Longing to be with them. Longing for his answers to be made complete. Sometimes it takes much longer than the moment. God's not looking for only pizza prayers. Lord, I've made my order. Now you better deliver in 15 minutes or I'll doubt you from here on and never pray again. That's not what he's inviting us into nor give me my name is Jimmy prayers. I've come here in the name of Jesus for you to give me, because my name is Jimmy, everything I'm asking for. And if you don't, I won't be happy. And I won't be, I won't have a prayer life with you. Like God is not being traded properly when we approach him in that kind of approach. Let's make our great reward God himself. I remember years ago, 20 years ago, I lived beside the church building on Aaron Street. And there was a prompting. It was a very gentle, quiet prompting, sometimes in my car. And I get excited feeling God is calling me to come to him, to pray. And I I talk about God calling me more than I actually acted on it. It was the kind of Matthew 6, 6 prayer. Just me, not with others, not with a whole bunch of prayer requests. That's easy to respond to. He was challenging me to just come and be with him. And I would get excited, and then the excitement would dissipate or get distracted with all sorts of other things, and I would end up not coming over and over and over again. We're talking about a long time went by before I finally said, why don't I come? I feel the prompting. I'm excited about it. I believe you want to meet with me. What's wrong with me? Why am I not coming? Why do I end up never coming, never waking up early enough? in this, in this invitation where I can just be with you with nobody there. I had the building right beside our house and I I felt God actually answer. And, and the answer was actually, you don't believe, you don't believe there's much in it. If you believe there was something in it, it would be your greatest investment. But George, you struggle believing there's something in it. So you don't come that, made me mad at myself (laughs) because if it was true, it was like, I thought I believed. am I all talk and no action. So I got up early the next morning. It wasn't early enough. I only had five minutes in the sanctuary before I had to go to work. I was working at John M King school at the time, but I came in and I said, Lord present, even though I'm late present, don't mark me absent today. I've come for you. And Five minutes in, I gave a bunch of thanks for the day before I headed to work, and I felt like the, the 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 realization there was, "Wow, four minutes is better than no minutes with God. Four minutes is better and that it began uh something beautiful and wonderful that's developed over the years, but something has grown, not only in my prayer. Uh, walk with God, but in my faith, I believe God is there. That's basic. He exists. He cares, and that he does reward those who earnestly seek him, as it says in Hebrews eleven six. In addition to being devoted to prayer, Paul says, stay alert in it. Not stay. Keep on being alert. There is a discernment in prayer that your mere observation might not achieve. We can discern things by observing, but there are certain supernatural things you'll never see, never know, unless God gives you a heads up or reveals to you this is actually happening here right now. And sometimes he exposes the enemy, he exposes his plans, he foils the plans, and he gets us to actually cooperate with him in a way that where the enemy is out and God is in and he's leaving the way and you're you're actually leaving the devil in your tracks. What does staying alert in prayer mean? New King James Version says being vigilant in it, keeping a careful watch is what that means. There might be dangers or difficulties in where you're at, the state of your heart or where things are going. You need to be vigilant in it, awake and alert spiritually, not naturally, supernaturally. Jesus told his own disciples in Gethsemane because it was an hour where Satan was around and he was tempting Jesus and he was going to tempt them. And he said, watch and pray so that you will not be tem- tempted. Jesus was being tempted. He submitted himself to God. Not my will, but yours be done. Uh, but the disciples, did they watch and pray? They fell asleep. And this very word that says, uh, Be vigilant in it. In the Greek, rigorebo means stir yourself up to alertness. Awake. Don't fall asleep when it's time to actually be in prayer. Don't go to sleep. Don't tune out. And, And if you've gotten used to doing it over time, stop flatlining in your spiritual life without prayer. Get into prayer and start interacting with God so that he might stimulate your life on where things are at and where things are going. And you will learn to be in step with him staying alert another greek uh word is mean pavit there and it means don't get all silent and not pray anymore <laughs> don't settle down into a prayerless silent life pavete means I, I i have nothing to say i i don't pray don't do that first peter 5 8 another famous scripture it says be Self-controlled or alert or be sober-minded, sharp in your mind, seeing clearly and understanding clearly and watchful. That's a, NIV says, be alert, spiritually awakened on guard. Your adversary, that's a legal term. It, it's the lawyer on the other side who's against you and against God. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to It's the idea of a lion opening up its entire mouth to swallow you down whole into his darkness. Satan is an arguer. You give him enough airtime, you won't be able to outwit him. He will convince you of things. He will accuse people to your mind, and he will use very little information and a lot of your imagination, especially if you're not communicating with those people, to convince you to be offended with them, to be against them. The Avalos means to turn against. He'll either turn us against God or he'll turn us against people. You've got to be spiritually awake and alert and discerning because he's always doing this. The Bible calls him the accuser of our brothers and sisters day and night, 24-7. This is his truck and trade. He accuses. What does that say to you? If he accuses, i got to be watching out for accusations. Because most of those accusations are not accurate. He's suggesting, he's arguing, he's convincing me, he's a lawyer, he's working on me. I better resist that. Even if it looks true, I better resist it because I am not safe entertaining that because he's got something he's doing and working with. I gotta find God. I gotta, get, I gotta submit everything to God and resist the devil so that he gets out and God has the final say on what I should be thinking and doing. whatever means to stir yourself up to awakeness, and alertness, and discern things, so that you don't go forward presumptuously with wrong thinking. I'll tell you, if you're against those around you, even if they've done you wrong, you're against what God has told you to do in response to them. He actually gives us all sorts of prescriptions that have nothing to do with ending up being against flesh and blood. We come against the spiritual forces of wickedness that are hurtful ones, and we work things out with sp- Flesh and blood, no matter who the flesh and blood is. Psalm 109, verse four I had a friend. Here's another little testimony, but I picked out a verse as well. It says in Psalm 109, verse four In return for my friendship, they accused me, but I'm a man of prayer. I was very much into this person's life, responded to their desire for me to perform a wedding for them. I married him and his wife. I had a relationship with them. Suddenly, out of the blue, crossing paths, I said, Hey, how's it going? And they said nothing, actually walked away, made it very clear that they had something against me, or I, I wasn't even clear. Like, what did I do? That continued for one straight year of being snubbed. I tried to plead with the wife, and the wife was saying, No, uh, but she wasn't even clear. Covering her husband. What's wrong? Like, did I, like, I, I'll. I'll apologize. I don't even know what I, did I do something that, that I'm getting this kind of response or treatment? What did I ever do? My wife and I prayed. Sherry pulled out the bondage breaker. We were praying against spirits. We were asking God, what, what is this? We don't understand. Why do we get snubbed so much? What has caused this? We don't. And eventually it became months of praying against spirits. We prayed wrote prayers that were in the bondage breaker and we prayed uh, discerning prayers eventually I crossed paths again I went right up to this person I said I don't know what I ever did I'm standing here i crossed i crossed over the barrier I'm letting you know I'm ready to work out anything what is it what did I do and they never gave a response weeks later they came to my house when I was painting I needed help and they showed up and said do you have another one of those scrapers they joined me for two straight hours of scraping my house without talking to me. <laughs> but it was a, 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 a kindness that was saying, I'm not against you. We had a, a lunch break together. And I said, I need to know what, what happened. It's been a year since you've talked to me. And you know what they said? A spirit of anger was over me. I was angry with everyone. Angry in my home. Angry at work angry against people in the church, angry against you. I don't even have a reason for being angry with you. There was a spirit over me and suddenly it came off and I realized it and I have stood against it. And I felt with Sherry, that intercession made a difference. God was working when we didn't see it or feel it. He helped deliver this person from a spirit of anger. And now they see clearly and there's nothing wrong. We're reconciled. I gained my brother and the enemy was pushed out. Don't cease praying. Stay alert in it. Discern. Come against the dominion of darkness. Invite the kingdom of God. God will make a difference as you continue with him in prayer. Finally, let's go to the gratitude piece. I think we're out of time. I'm going to go. I'm going to give you the best word I can give you on the gratitude piece. Because there's something significant. We were praying this morning and Rob said something. And then there's something significant in here that I never noticed. Paul finishes the exhortation about being devoted to prayer. Staying watchful in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. And it's like, well, what does a thankful prayer have to do with alertness? Devoted to prayer. Staying alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Don't divide the two. Don't make two points that are separate. They are totally interrelated. Alert with an attitude. The Greek word is alert. Meta. You've heard of the word meta. It means after. After giving thanks. You have to read this word. This verse backwards. If you want to do it in the right order. Come to God with thanksgiving because there's a whole lot of thanksgiving due and Satan does not want you to ever give gratitude towards God because it's a high form of worship. He doesn't like it. He never wants you to be grateful. And in that gratitude, your thinking, your perspective becomes sober and alert. When you're thinking right towards God, the Bible doesn't say, uh, cast all your, sorry, be anxious for nothing. Don't invest in anxiety, but with prayer and petition, Uh, You'll receive God's peace. It says prayers and petitions presented with thanksgiving. The thanksgiving does something. It's a proper way of relating with God. It's it's coming under him and seeing him as you should see him. Satan is constantly accusing God. He's not there. He doesn't care. He does care. He is there. And you can come grateful saying you do care. I know things are going to be okay, even though they don't seem okay in these circumstances. Be thankful in your prayers. It says, this is God's will for you. Why is it your will for me to be thankful? Because you'll be in trouble with Satan if you don't go first with prayer. So meta paristias means first come with gratitude. Thank offerings as you approach God. And then let him help you discern things as a secondary thing. Discernment comes after gratitude in this verse. Meta Be alert after you've begun to be thankful. And God will give you discernment. But approach him rightly. Because Satan is trying to do a number on you against him. You might come complaining and think that he doesn't care. Come confident that he cares. Finish with a testimony. This is Paul in silence. By the way, Paul wrote this verse when he was in jail. But another jail experience that Paul had was with Silas. They got beaten for Jesus Christ and the gospel. And you could think, man, it says here to be grateful in all circumstances. Paul could be tempted here not to be grateful because of your name. Now I'm in jail. Man, I thought life would be better. Isn't that what Christianity is all about? No, no. Christianity is all about life becoming more deader as you once knew it and coming more alive with Jesus Christ. Adventures even in jail where you might reach people in jail that you never thought or would never have reached out to. Suddenly he finds himself in circumstances that nobody wants. And he's there with Paul and Silas uh, praising and worship. And everybody in jail is like, what the? These guys just got beaten, thrown in jail, and they're worshiping God. They're in a place of gratitude. They're looking up to God with praise and thanks. What's wrong with these guys? Well, I'll tell you, gratitude calls on and invites the power of God because there was a violent earthquake. The jail cells all opened up. Their shackles fell to the ground. Chains were on the ground. It was like a breakout, powerful one. The, the, the guard comes, the cheap guy comes, And he's like thinking it's all over for him in terms of his career. Even uh, he's thinking of killing himself. And Paul says, don't harm yourself. And then this guy says, like he's floored. These guys are praising and worshiping. And now this guy's on the actual floor saying, what must I do to be saved? He was brought to the end of himself. (laughs) And Paul ministers to him. He takes, that guy takes them home. He ministers to the entire household and they're baptized. They become believers because he said, just believe in Jesus Christ and salvation comes. Why? Because Paul did not complain. He did not grumble. He worshiped God through all his circumstances with an attitude of gratitude. And God kept doing powerful things no matter what the circumstances looked like. God bless you guys.